stop before I do get lost in my thoughts here. Come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. Grab your Bibles. How many brought your Bibles to church? If you have a hard Bible with real pages, throw it up in the air one time. Come on, throw it up in the air. Come on, hold it up real high. Hold it up real high. Okay, I'm trying to get a good survey here. These are hard Bibles, real pages, real pages. Okay, now if you brought your smartphone, whatever you got, if you got your device, hold it up in the air if you got that. Oh, man, it's still pretty close. It's, a, it's almost a tie, still pretty close. Hey, it don't matter to me as long as you can retrieve it and gather it and keep it. Amen? So, amen. So, thank you. Amen. All right, let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 22. I'm just using this as a springboard just to jump off into where we want to go. I think I saw, is Joey, is it Joey? Joey? That's Joey right there. Y'all, Joey got saved last week. Right there, there he is right there. He got saved. It's good to see you again, man. Really good to see you again. I'm so glad you're here today. You really are. Ezekiel chapter 22. I want to go to verse number 23. You got it? Are we good? And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. And there is a conspiracy of her, of her prophets, in her midst, like a roaring lion, tearing the prey. They devoured lives. They have taken treasures and precious things, and they've made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law. They have profaned my holy things and have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. And they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they hide their eyes from my Sabbath and I am profane among them. In other words, in other words, even the preachers quit talking. They, 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 they quit talking about what was different between the sacred and the secular. They just quit talking about what was right and wrong. They just got quiet. Verse number 27, And her princess within her, or with, yeah, within her, are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets had smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. That's a bad road to get on. When you're saying God said something and God ain't saying nothing. Verse number 29, and the people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery. And they have wronged the poor and the needy. And they have oppressed the sojourner without justice. Verse number 30, here we go. And I search for a man or a woman among them that would build up the wall and stand in the gap. God said, I look for somebody that would stand in the gap for the land. God's looking for somebody that'll get in the gap. God's looking for a people when the land has been defiled. And the people have been oppressed. And there's so much 
negative stuff going on in the land from the churches to the governors to the presidents to the prime ministers. When there's so much corruption in the land, God said, I look for somebody that will get in the gap and believe me for something different. All right, now look with me in 2 Chronicles. Now you got to go back the other way if you got your Bible there. 2 Chronicles. We're about to get there. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. I just want to use it as a springboard, just using it as a place that we can jump off into here. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. And my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. Somebody shout this place. For now I have chosen and, and chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking to you about the power of place. We talked about holy places, holy people, holy purposes. We talked about having a relationship with the oil. We talked about how when you got the oil on you, you can't be quiet. We talked about the uncommon anointing that comes with the oil. Today we're talking about, again, the power of place. But my subtitle this morning is, you got to get in the gap. You got to get in the gap. The oil only works where, there's a, where somebody is filling the gap. Push on about three people in your neighborhood and tell them, get in the gap. Now, just tell them, get in the gap. Come on, tell them, you got to get in the gap. You got to get off the sideline and you got to get in the gap. Uh, we got to go from spectating to participating. Amen. So we got to get in the gap. I want to pray for you. Father, this morning, I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're about to do in this place. Holy Spirit, I give you all the honor and all the credit. You're the preacher. You're the teacher. You're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in men and women's hearts. And we praise you in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, something I didn't tell you all ago. Also, what happened since I've been gone, uh, well, Karen and I left on Thursday, on Friday, Friday morning, we have chapel services here for our school, and uh, Chris had texted me on Saturday, I think it was Saturday, and you don't know, know what, we got people getting healed at chapel service. I mean, we got, we, we got people that are getting healed, kids are getting prophesied to, come on, talk to me up in here, isn't that awesome, right here at chapel. Things are happening with our, with our kids, so we praise God for that. Amen. Somebody shout, get in the gap. As we look around and we begin to observe the condition of our society, as we begin to take notice of what's going on, and we begin to see the progression of the depravity that's literally taking place all around us, it's easy to see that we are living in a generation or we're living in times that has been seduced and deceived by evil spirits, both locally and globally. 
Those are the days that we are living in. We're living in times where spirits have been unleashed both locally and globally, and entire societies and cultures are under siege. And the church in general, we're going to go down a few roads today. Are you ready? The church in general has to be careful that we don't pretend like everything is okay because it's not. Nor should we lose our eyes or close our eyes and ignore the things that we see as if everything is okay because it's not. And I think, I think that we have to be careful that we don't somehow project that everything is going to be okay left to itself because it won't. It won't, it won't happen. So in order to see some things turn, there has to be this emerging of a people. There has to be this emerging of, of God's righteous ones, the real sons and daughters of God. There has to be the real disciples that begin to emerge in a generation that understand that we can leverage our faith and get in the gap and stand against the prevailing powers that's causing the influence of our societies. The church has that potential to do that. There are some things that need to be said. There are some things that need to be taught in our day that no matter how tough things seem to get, you need to know that God has always been able to deliver people from tough times and tough places, and God's always been able to turn the thing around. God has never been threatened by what the enemy wants to do. God has never been threatened by the work of the enemy. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So God has never been intimidated by anything that the devil has ever wanted to do. And how many know that the same Jesus in heaven is the same Jesus as in us? The same Jesus that walked the earth is the same Jesus that lives on the inside of us. We've been talking about the anointing oil and the oil. We've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So the power that Jesus operated from in the earth is now in us. So there's something that has to be said and taught. We need to tell a generation around us. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't even matter how bad it gets. The truth is, we have the power within us to do something about it. We, we can't change everybody's world, but we can change our world. And we don't, have to, we don't have to live under the oppression of the enemy because the greater one lives on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the problem is, now I'm going to get to a few things here in a minute. The problem is, we have a generation of Christians who've been taught what I call cosmetic Christianity <laughs> with a bunch of Pee Wee Herman preachers and Barney Five pastors who have done nothing more than built cotton candy churches that gather people together to reiterate the dominant thought patterns of the day. And if we're not careful, every church in America can look like that. Because all, if all we do is we gather and we reiterate the dominant thought patterns of the day, then we are as useless as anything else that's trying to overthrow anything. 
But God has not raised us up to be quiet. God has not raised us up to sit down and act like it don't matter. God has raised us to be a voice of hope. God has raised us up to take what we have in our territory and let the devil know you don't get to operate without a fight up in here. You can't come into my home. You can't come into my neighborhood. You can't even come into my region. You can't, came, you can't even come into my city because if you throw one thing out there, we're coming at you with everything we got because we refuse to sit back and be quiet. Well, you just push on somebody and tell them you got to get in the gap. You just got to get in the gap. You can't just sit there and go through the motions of religious calisthenics and call that power. You can't just go through the motions of having a church service and call that power. Sooner or later, that power has got to be exported. Sooner or later, that power has got to walk into your job. Sooner or later, that power has got to walk into your marriage. It's got to walk into your children. Sooner or later, that power has to be manifested. The intangible has to become tangible. Somebody shout, get in the gap. So what God does is, and I'm going to get to some points here in a minute. So what God does is, he raises up apostolic people or apostolic churches or apostolic voices to challenge the dominant thought patterns in order to release people and cities into their divine destinies. He raises up people who have a relationship with the oil. He raises up people who are oily people. Just tell, them, just tell somebody, and they say, you, you still got some shine on you. <laughs> you still got a little shine on you. You still got some shine on you. He raises up oily people to manifest something in that territory. He raises up people in that region that has a voice, that's activated by the power and the resident of the Holy Spirit. And we're able to take things and push on things, bind things, break things, uproot things, pluck up things because of the power of the Holy Spirit that operates on the inside of us. So everybody, everybody under the sound of my voice is a product of whatever territory you've been experienced by. Everybody is a product of whatever neighborhood you grew up in. Everybody is a product of something that taught them something. And everybody lives, that everybody has lived or is living in a certain attitude, a certain thought. How many know that even churches can have a certain attitude and a certain thought? And you could be in church for 25 years and never operated in any kind of power. That's an attitude. That's a thought. That's a prevailing dominant thought. Because what good does it have or what good does it do to have churches on every street corner of our city, but we can't change one neighborhood? Because you can get so trapped and so stuck. Pastor Mark prayed over it this morning. You can be so stuck in a religious mindset that you think by coming to church, 
By punching in your spiritual clock, you have just done something spiritual, but inwardly, nothing has changed in your life. And because nothing has changed inwardly, your whole world looks like what's going on on the inside of you. But God has a remnant. Come on, talk to me up in here. God has a people that know how to get in the gap and not just begin to philosophize everything, but he has a people that understand, I've been anointed for this hour. I've been anointed for this generation. This is the reason why God has placed us at such a time as this in such a place as this. Because this city, this region, this territory needs your oil. If we don't ever get exposed to truth, that's, that's, that's part of the, what's going on in America. We're just gathering to reiterate our dominant way of thinking. But if we never get exposed to truth, you spend your whole life reiterating those dominant thoughts in the way you were raised or how you were handled. And those dominant thoughts become prevailing mindsets. And how many know the Bible teaches us it's the truth that sets you free? So there has to be a truth that gets declared because every territory has certain dominant thought patterns. Mm. Every geographical location has certain prevailing thought patterns in those areas. And in those thought patterns, left unchecked, they begin to create certain atmospheres. Certain atmospheres then begins, then begins, uh, it gets sustained, and attitudes get sustained to the point that they become entrenched. Hallelujah. And you got to have an apostolic, prophetic kind of people in that territory to know how to uproot it. You got to have, I'm just struggling with my throat, so just bear with me. My, my, it's all closed up on me. There, there has to be a people that understand, I'm not going to give in to what is prevalent. I'm not going to be caught up into what the world calls normal. It may be happening in my neighborhood, but it ain't going to happen in my house. There may be all kind of partying and all kind of depravity going on in my neighborhood, but it's not coming in my house because I have a different way of thinking. I've been exposed to enough truth in my life that I refuse to give access to anything that's outside of the Word of God into my life. How many know that the Word of God is superior to every other word? Every other word is inferior to the Word of God. So it don't matter what the devil puts on you. It doesn't matter what the devil says about you. It doesn't even matter what your present circumstances look like right now. Your children could be a million miles away from God, but God has a word over your life. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the superior word. That's the word that I bank on. That's the word that I hold to. And every other word is superior. They could be on drugs. They could get high. They could do whatever. My marriage may be falling apart. But God says, I will sustain you in perfect peace when it comes to your marriage. My marriage may not look good right now. But I've got a word from God. 
And the word that I have from God is superior to every other thought and every other indication that's coming against me. Come on, tell somebody you got to get in the gap now. You got to get in the gap. I may not even look like much right now. I may be broke, busted, and disgusted. I may have nothing going in my favor. I may have two or three jobs, two or three businesses that failed, went upside down. But you know what? Don't count me out. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I will bounce back. Don't, don't throw a party over me yet. It may not look good right now, but God is not finished with what he started. So you got to have this attitude. You got to have this way of thinking that it may be going on out there, but it ain't going to happen in here. All right? So let me get to where I'm going. Is that all right? The wind's blowing my notes all around. I may just start anywhere now. I'm I'm fighting in my, the the enemy don't want you to hear what I got to say today. My throat is literally shut down. He don't want you to hear this. He don't want you to hear this. I'm telling you because this is going to be a liberation moment in your life. So God raises up churches, people, and he puts them in the gap of depravity. And he raises them up with a revelation to challenge the status quo. He raises them up with a revelation to go against the existing powers. Now, I know some of y'all ain't going to like this because you think everything about Jesus is nice. But I'm going to tell you something. He's, he's a worshiper and a warrior. Okay? Just, 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 now, I, there's a lot of good, nice things about Jesus, and we, 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 we promote that. But I'm going to tell you, every now and then, Jesus will, will pick a fight. And so God raises up people to pick a fight with every dominant structure and say, you cannot be at ease with me still breathing. I lost about half of my amens right there. I just, you, 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 you at sooner or later, I'm, I'm going to get it right here in a minute. Sooner or later, there has to be this dominant thought pattern inside of you that's released by revelation that comes out of you that says, I am not going to let anything that's, in, in, anything that's inferior to the word of God over my life begin to take dominance in my life. It's got to come. It's got to come. What, what, what good is your salvation if you keep it to yourself? God, Listen, I, I know everybody got saved so we can go to heaven, right? I said, I can go to heaven. But your salvation is just not for you. It may be personal, but it ain't private. (laughs) Okay. So I believe that in the midst of everything, I don't believe, uh, this, this is for New Harvest Church now, I don't believe that God calls us together so we can sing a few fast songs, sing a few slow songs, hear a real nice motivational speech, and then walk back into our homes with our families and our neighborhoods and our cities and our entire nation continue to live in struggle. That is not the mission of the church. God, 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 God always and has forever had a word for every struggle in every generation. God has always had a word for the unrest. God's always had a word for famine. God's always had a word for barrenness. He's always had a word for crisis. In every situation, God has always had a word. 
Now, let me just break it down a little bit. Now, there are some battles that he fights for us. That's when you're in this, what they call a resting season, where you just receive what God has made available. That's, that's just a resting season. And, and there are some battles that, that God won't let you get involved in because you might mess it up. <laughs> I might mess it up. So God just says, listen, I'm going to handle it right here. You just sit there and enjoy the victory. But then there are other battles that you have to participate in, and God works through you. See, see, Matthew 10 says that, that, that we come to him as children. We just receive what he has for us. But in Matthew 11, it says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It's two different seasons. It's two different seasons, and you have to discern what season you're in because you can't rest and fight at the same time. So you got to be able to discern the season that you're in. If you're in the season of rest, just let God do it. But I'm trying to say to us, we are, the body of Christ is not in a season of rest. We are in a season of warfare. We are in a season of battle where God works through his people to accomplish his purposes. And so we have to have a people that understand if this is the season that I'm in, then God makes a way where there seems to be no way, but I have to be in the way. <clears throat> he looks at Ezekiel. He says, I got a word for you, Ezekiel, and I got a word for your nation. I got a word for everything that's going on around. Everything is jacked up, Ezekiel, in your nation. Even the preachers are not preaching. The prophets, the, 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 the prophets are prophesying things I never said. Even, even the, the, the kings and the governors, they're all jacked up. Everything is corrupt in your nation. But I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you, Ezekiel. If you can get in the gap. Oh, come on, talk to me up in here. If you can find the gap and know that I've got a word for everything that's not right. I've got a word for the injustices. I've got a word for everything that don't look. I've got a word for racism. I've got a word for bankrupt. I've got a word for, I got a word for crazy Messed up preachers. But I'm looking for somebody to get in the gap and stand between the will of heaven and what's going on in the earth. Look at your name and say, get in the gap now. I'm about to get to where I'm going. So if not, if we don't do this now, and, and I'm just talking to this house, and I know there's people listening to this on radio and Facebook. It goes around, it goes in a lot of places. But, but we, we're pushing for a movement, right? We're, we're pushing for the movements of God to be released in the earth. Now, now, we can't help what's going on in Tulsa, Ethiopia. We're not there. We can pray for sure. But at the end of the day, we're physically located here. So this is the dominant resident of my anointing. This is where God has placed me. Now, if you're visiting and you don't live here, that's okay. You take it back to your place. But for about 98% of us, this is your house. This is your place. And God has anointed you for this hour, for this place, 
for this territory. So we have to learn how to lean into our culture. Watch me now. And not be contaminated by the very culture that we're called to win. We have to learn how to leverage our faith and resist the spirit of passivity. We have to leverage our faith and say, well, you know, here's what we hear all the time. Well, you know the Lord's in control. Really? We know that he's sovereign over everything, and we know that God will ultimately work everything out because he is that. But most people put him in control like right now. If the Lord was in control, there would be no aborted babies. If the Lord was in control, there would be no exploiting of our children. If God was really in control, there would be no sin, right? But the fact that we live in a fallen world. So what God did, he took Jesus Christ, his son, put him on the cross, came the penalty for our sins, rose him, raised him up on the third day, empowered him with the Holy Spirit, who went about doing good to all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And Jesus ascended back to the Father. The Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2, fills that upper room. Those 120 people come staggering out of that upper room with something different than what they went in with. They went in with a relationship with Jesus, but they came out with a relationship with the oil. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's going to quicken your mortal body. So now we have this power. Pastor Mark said it. Somebody shout power. So now we have this power, and this power is made to be exercised. Yeah? So we exercise the power that we have against every demonic, contrary thought. And we let the devil know, you have wandered up into the wrong neighborhood. In Jesus' day, he was used to being kicked out. He got kicked out of people. He got kicked out of territories. In our day, he gets comfortable. Somebody feed me. Somebody is sustaining something we ought to be rebuking. Because this is not the hour to be passive. This is the hour for power. And we have to lean in. Somebody shout lean in. We have to lean in to our culture and not be contaminated or conformed by it. Now here's where most of us have to work with. The enemy probably knows he can't steal your salvation. Because like, by God, we're going to heaven. <laughs> I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I got fire insurance. I ain't going to hell. Huh? Well, some of you act like that might be something you're, you're considering. Come on, just look at somebody next to you and say, I ain't going to hell. You've been waiting to cuss all week anyway. I ain't going to hell. And just know if you do go to hell, you got there on your own. Yeah? So the enemy 
for most of us in this room, can't, can't tempt us with losing our salvation. I know some of y'all get on the edge. <laughs> like, God Almighty, I'm about to kill them all. But, 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 but what he does, it's not a temptation of salvation. He uses so much distraction. He puts so much distraction in our lives, so now we are way too busy for him. And, and we use every level of resources around us to make ourselves successful until we hit a bad place, then we cry out to God. There's people in this room. Karen and I have stood with them in their marriages, fought with them, believed God, believed God for mates, stood with them and fought with them, get to, get to a couple years into it, maybe four or five years down the road, six or eight years, and all of a sudden they hit a, a hard spot. Well, God didn't change his mind when he put you together. So who has to change? There are people in this room that we have believed for, for people to start businesses and become successful. And we prayed and we fasted and we declared, we preached, we proclaimed, we prophesied. Money cometh in the name of Jesus. We've done it all. Money, grab that lever. Dr. Leroy Thompson, money cometh. Y'all remember all that? We did everything. We run everything we know to do. Then all of a sudden you get blessed, you get prosperous, and now we can't even find you in church half the time. Because you know what money does? Money gives you options. Money gives you up. Now you're in a war. Who's really the Lord over my life? What I'm submitted and committed to or the things that are driving me? It's getting quiet in this Catholic church, but I'm going to preach anyway. I'm telling you this because, because you don't change a land without somebody getting in the gap and making him Lord over everything and not just the things that I don't want. Okay, so here's what we got to do. Are y'all ready? I can't believe how fast time has just eluded me. I'm really on, I, I got, I'm on page two of ten pages. Don't worry, don't worry. I ain't going to keep you to ten pages. Although some of you probably need it. <laughs> Including me. We need to start acting like the Bible is true and stop worrying about who we might offend or who we might scare off or who may not like us. (laughs) You can't carry an offense and carry the cross at the same time. I'm going to wait on that golf course clap right there. You can't carry an offense and carry the cross at the same. One of them has to be laid down. And the offense that you carry determines what kingdom you live in. So if if you're one of those who's always offended by everything, you know what? You're carrying your offense and you've laid the cross down. But if you'll pick that cross up, it'll deal with that offense. It may not ever change the person that offended you, but it'll change something up in here. It'll change your heart. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your actions. Now you open up your life for the free favor and the blessings of God to flow through your life. 
But as long as you stay harbored up in here and say, well, they deserve it. Well, I don't like them. They're going to get that. They're going to get a taste of me. Well, I hope they do because at the end of the day, you're not going to be any better than them. But if you will learn to lay that thing down and say, just like Jesus did on the cross, Father, I forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And the best way you overthrow the enemy is put it back into his camp. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Kill them with some kindness. Woo! You, you, got, you got to be, that's the quality of person that a Christian lives. We don't just become Christians on Sunday. Listen, if this thing don't work on Monday, then we might as well turn this into a bowling alley. Uh, and they don't come on down here and drink your beer and eat your popcorn and hit a few pins. Talk to me up in here. But this is where the American church has come to because now we have so compromised our relationship with the Lord because we don't act like the Bible is true. We read the Bible and we handpick what we want and what we don't want. I got somebody sneaking up on I didn't know what was coming out of the corner of my eye. I thought, where are my ushers? Where are my ushers? I don't even, what, what, is, what is that? What did you get me? Some caution? What is it? What are we drinking? <laughs> a little nervous. Good God, it's hotter than hell. Golly. I just tried to get out of hell. I just went right into hell. Lord of mercy. God, there ain't nothing left on my tongue. Look, it's skin, hand. God. Oh, Lord of mercy, straight from the bowels of Gehenna, shrink it, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Carlos knows we love the place, so that's what we're doing. It was hot, though. It ain't, it ain't no joke. <laughs> my throat is closed up. Now my tongue is numb. Talk like that guy. Remember Fat Albert? He behoba, he behoba. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't worried about who I scare off. Come on, look at your other and say, but listen, look, listen, listen. If we are really, if, watch this, if we have really been crucified with Christ, that means you are a dead man or a dead woman. Now, I worked in the fire services long enough, and I worked with a lot of dead bodies, accidents, wrecks, suicide, I mean, you name it. We, I, overdoses, you know, I've seen enough dead bodies to last me a lifetime. I've worked on enough dead bodies. And I want to tell you something, you can't hurt a dead body. You can't. Some of y'all been in the hospital. They, they'll they'll, they'll, knock, you, they'll knock, knock, knock you out unconsciously, and then they'll do all kinds of things to you. You don't even know it until you wake up. But you can't hurt nothing that's dead. So why are you trying to keep everything alive that you're supposed to be crucifying? And you wonder why you stay hurt. You wonder why you stay wounded. You wonder why you're upset all the time. You wonder why you're always mad. It's be, you know why? It's because not everything has died on the cross. So we have to act like the Bible is true. <laughs> and I realize as much as anybody, because we're out there on social media and stuff and whatever, I know how to hit the delete button. It don't bother me. Throw something negative, you're gone. I don't care. So I, I have no reputation to fulfill. I just want to make sure that he gets honored at the end of the day. 
I realize we're living in a day where everybody is sensitive. We're living in a day when everything has to be politically correct. Okay. We're living in a day where these things are upon us. And so we tiptoe. Not saying that we don't need to be discerning. But we don't need to be tiptoeing around sensitive things. Because what those sensitive things need, what the political correctness needs, is not another idea. They need truth. Because truth is what sets free. The reason why just in our own nation, the reason why everything's so jacked up in our nation is because everybody has their say except for the church. So we'll censor the church, we'll censor what's righteous, we'll censor the truth, but we'll let every lie be propagated. So we're living in this day of sensitivity, and what is happening now is caused the church to become so sensitive that we won't say the truth because we don't want to offend nobody. Because here, here it is, because we built our churches on nickels and noses. Rather than righteousness. And so we don't want people to walk out because we don't want people offended. Can I tell you, the word of God, if it comes in, the Bible says it's like a double-edged sword. That means something's going to get cut. Something's going to get cut. And if you'll let that word come inside of you and cut away what don't need to be there, I promise you by the end of the day, you'll be so much better off because you let the word take its place on the inside of your life. Instead of grabbing your Bibles and your books and saying, hey, I ain't never going back there again. Well, guess what? You go to another church and then you go to another. Then all you are is church hopping. And you never grow. You never become spiritually mature. I'm, I, got a, I got a method to my madness. I'm going somewhere. I don't have the time to get all the way there for sure. So this will be on the screen. Our silence then becomes a victory for the enemy. If you see unrighteous behavior in your home, let's just do it with your marriage or with your children. If you see unrighteous behavior in your marriage or in your children and you don't address it, you gave it agreement to keep occupying. Now, I know this is going to shock some of us, but Jesus said, he said, all authority has been given to me. That's what Jesus said about himself. Then he looks at his boys hanging out with him, his, his 12. He says, I'm about to go, but when I go, I'm going to take this authority and I'm going to give it to you. So if Jesus has all authority, then that means the devil must not have any. So all the authority that Jesus had, he puts it in me. So now I have this authority backed by heaven, commissioned by the Holy Ghost, I have all this authority in me, but watch this. When I agree with the enemy's plan, I had just gave agreement, occupation, or license for my authority to be released in that area. I just gave the enemy a measure of authority that I have 
Because anything you agree with, you empower. If you agree with the lie, then you empower the liar. And so every time the enemy says, well, this is going to happen, that ain't going to look good. If you, if you even give that an ounce of agreement, you just gave it authority. That's why we have to be discerning people to understand what's truth and what's not truth. If you got your home and you got children in there, children in there acting up, acting crazy, that's your house. I know I'm dealing with a sensitive congregation. I must be. Well, I don't want to upset my kids. I want my kids to like me. Listen, it ain't your job for your children to like you. It's your job to parent your kids. And I want my kids to love me. I, so we got grandkids. I want my grandkids to love me. But I want to tell you something. There is a measure. There's a line there. You can't get out of line and act like that behavior is going to be okay. We're going to call it out. Well, then they'll just shut their door and they'll lock it and they won't talk to me. Are you kidding me? They'd be down there at Ace buying a new door because I would bust that joker down. You, you ain't going to lock me out of my house. Come on, who's... Who, who, you, 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 you can't have this much authority and it's not been given to you. The devil never operates by power. He always operates by permission. So when you give him permission by agreement, now he's authorized to carry out whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says you got to guard your speech. You can't just go around saying anything. I always joke with my wife. She's got a lot of stuff on me, too. But I always joke. We, we were on this road trip to Georgia, and, and my wife can handle me really well. But, boy, you get her behind that wheel in traffic, it's a whole nother woman. Now, baby, you can't get offended of all this now. We're just talking. And I told her we were coming home. <laughs> we was coming home. I said, baby, you know what's going to happen when you get to heaven? God's going to put you right over in that driving school. And he's going to put all these crazies around you. He's going to say, deal with that, Karen. Deal with that right there. That's why you got to deal with that right there. Now, she didn't cuss or do nothing ugly. But I'll tell you what. Eyes were like the flame of fire. And there was mumbling going on. I, did, I didn't hear it all, but there was mumbling. And, and you know it's bad when somebody get, like, cuts you off and, you're, and you get like, like a hair's breath off their bumper. And she's like, do it again, do it again, do it again. I'm like, Jesus, I'm putting seatbelts on. I'm laying the seat back. I'm shatakemosa. Lord, Lord, just keep riding, keep riding. I said, Karen, back off, back off, back off. I don't want to get in no fight on the highway. Look at you and say, you got to deal with it. You got to get in the gap. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Who wants to go home with me today? We got a swimming pool party at my house. We're coming on. It's cold today. Okay, we got a yard party at my house today. Come on, we're going to play something. Whatever. Okay. All right. So our silence 
let me give you this last thing, then we'll quit, okay? Because I know it's 12 o'clock, and some of you got to get your medicine out. Our silence becomes a victory for the enemy. Watch this. When the church becomes silent, okay, when the church goes woke, the church don't need to be woke. The church needs to be awakened. If you listen to secular media, everything's got to go woke, which is totally against the things of God. When we go woke, when we become silent, we lose our conviction for the things of God. And now watch this. Everything in our life is filled with mixture. Now things become permissible that at one point when you was on fire for God, it would never have allowance in your life. But we get so deluded. We start letting things in our TV. That's just, it's not really going to affect me. I promise you it affects you. Let me show you something real quick in Scripture. Just look with me in Judges. I won't quit here, I promise you. I won't quit in Judges because I don't have time to give you these three powerful points. And I do have them. You can ask the, the, the media team. I sent it to them this morning. Judges chapter 16. How many remember the story of Samson and, and, and Delilah? Y'all remember that? Verse, I, I want to, let me just skip down because I don't want to read this whole thing. Because you remember Delilah was trying to catch Samson because she wanted to find out where his strength was. Because when he was a baby, he was, he was, he, his mother gave him to God. He, he took the Nazarite valve. And part of that valve was that he would never cut his hair. And as long as he didn't cut his hair, he always had the strength of the anointing of God on his life. So now Delilah is working with all these Philistines because every time they try to capture him, he just break the bands, he break the chains, he break whatever they tried to bind him up with, and they could never catch him. They could never get to him. So Delilah keeps working with him. You keep hanging around mixture long enough, eventually you get into it. So in verse number, num- number 19, we'll just pick it up there. And she made him sleep on her knees and called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his hair. Then she began to afflict him, and strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke. We don't need a woke congregation. We need somebody to be awakened. (laughs) I'm just playing on words. From his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. One of the saddest verses in the Bible, to be so used by God, to be so anointed by God, to be so oily of God, to have all this power and this strength and this ability and this might of God living on the inside of you, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you don't even know that God has departed from you when God has been with you since the day you took your first breath and you have overcome so many obstacles. Now you have become so mixed in your values. You have compromised everything in your life to the point God just steps out and you don't even know it. It's a dangerous place. Then the Philistines seized him, verse number 21, and gouged out his eyes. Then they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze chains and he was in a grinder in the prison Verse number 22, however, 
They don't tell us how long he was in there, but his hair of his head began to grow again because they shaved his hair off. But now his hair began to grow again. Verse number 25. And so it happened when they were in high spirits. Now they're throwing a party because they felt like their gods had rescued them. Their little G God has rescued them from this man of God. So it happened that they were in high spirits and they said, call for Samson that he may amuse us. If you read on, it says that he may entertain us. And they made him stand between the pillars. I'm going to tell you something. When the church becomes full of compromise, all we do is entertain. When we get so compromised, then the world just looks at us as entertainment. No power, just entertainment. Just come on in there and get your little happy on. Come on, let's just feel a little good about the day. No, that ain't what we're called to do. He never called us to be happy. He called us to be holy. And, so, and there's nothing wrong with being happy. I like to be happy too. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be happy at the sake of my convictions. Last verse, number 28. Then Samson called to the Lord. And he said, Lord, please remember me and please strengthen me just this time. One translation says, just this one more time. And God, and oh God, that I may at once be avenged of the Philistines. For my two eyes. Now watch this real quick. Now we're going to close. Are you ready? Is this okay? Sorry for the length here. But his hair, and I'm, I'm, I'm metaphorically using this now, his hair, his locks represent the standards. If you keep the standards, you keep the devil out. Because the only thing I agree with is God's standards. I don't have to agree with the devil. Because if I agree with him, then I just empowered him to operate, kill, steal, and destroy. As long as Samson kept his locks, the Philistines couldn't overthrow him. But when the locks, when the standard was compromised, the enemy got the upper hand. Now watch this real quick. When the enemy overtook him, Watch this. The first thing that the enemies did to Samson was they gouged out his eyes. When you lose your standard, you lose your vision. When you lose your standards, you lose the vision that God has for your life. When when the enemy overthrows your standards, and the only way he can do that It's because you agreed to it. Come on, Samson. You ain't got to lay down with Delilah. Could have had any woman he wanted. When you compromise and you keep laying your head in the lap of compromise, your vision for your future gets cut off. Then the Bible says he lost his freedom. They put him in chains. Now he couldn't get his hands up to give God praise. I wonder how many people come in here every Sunday morning bound up because they can't give him praise. <laughs> Watch this. Here we go. Last two minutes. Then they put him on a grinder. Put him on a grinder like, like, they, like they would a donkey or an ox or a mule or something, just grinding out corn, treading corn. Watch this. Making bread for the enemy. Now he's feeding 
what he should be fighting. He's feeding what he should be fighting. I wonder how many people in here on an everyday basis are feeding what you ought to be fighting. What, what, what do you keep giving into that you need to be fighting against? Just got you on that, it's like a hamster on that little wheel. Just You're doing 100 miles an hour, but you ain't going nowhere. And the scenery of your life is never changing. Feeding what you ought to be hiding, fighting. Feeding them old habits. <laughs> Feeding that old sinful desire. I know it's 12 o'clock. I done lost y'all. I might as well quit right here. Feeding pride. Lust. Feeding your party. I'm going to hit it all. I am not nervous. I stand under him, not y'all. Feeding, feeding what you ought to be fighting. Feeding your ethnicity. White power, black power, Latino. I mean, what, are you kidding me? You are born again believer. And we're dying on hills with ethnicity. And you had nothing to do with that. You didn't get to choose what you wanted to be born into. And we're going to die. And I'm not saying that there's, there's redemption in every ethnicity. I, I'm not saying nothing about the, how, how we should just love what we are. Listen, listen, I know that I'm white. I can't help it. But inside this white ice, there's some chocolate cake, baby. I'm just telling you, there's some chocolate cake up in here. So just, just don't judge me by the outside. But we get all tied up with ethnicity and what's going on. Listen, and I am convinced America is not divided. The news has made us divided. Most people in America ain't trying to fight white people and black people. But the news has made you hate somebody that you don't even know. So they put his eyes out. They put him in chains. They imprisoned him. And then they made sport of him. Said, hey, let's just let him entertain us. And now the world just looks at us while we just entertaining. We just entertainment. The world don't care what we do in here. But when we get out there and we become vocal, whew, that's when we begin to invade enemy hell territory. But what the enemy didn't know while Samson was feeding what he should have been fighting, his hair was growing. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. Something began to happen in his head. Long before you get up spiritually, physically, emotionally, you got to get up mentally. Something began to operate in his head, and his hair began to grow. And then Samson says this, Lord, remember me one more time. Oh, my God. That needs to be our cry. God, remember us one more time. I may have slipped, I've stumbled, I failed, I blew it. But God, would you come back and remember me one more time? I'm telling you, there's some people in here that you need to make that prayer. You have blown it. You have missed it. You have been derailed. But you'll just make that prayer like Samson. You may not have no vision right now. You may not be able to get your hands up in praise. And you might just look like a bunch of entertainment going on. But if you'll just say, God, remember me one more time. And the Bible says Samson killed more in his death than he did the whole time that he was alive. 
I'm just trying to tell you, God is a comeback God. God is a restore. God will bring it back into your life. But you just got to get to that place where you begin to cry out to him. Come on, if you believe that, jump up on your feet one time and give God a praise right there. Come on, just give him a praise right there. Come on, just give him a praise. I know you don't feel like it, but just do it anyhow. Give him a praise. Just give him a praise. Just give him a praise. God said, Ezekiel, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for somebody in your nation. I'm looking for somebody in your family. I'm looking for somebody in your neighborhood. I'm looking for somebody in your church that will stand in the gap so that the land can be healed. The answers to every problem we have is Jesus Christ. Everything. Historically, the church has had its head in Delilah's lap. And we've lost our standards. We lost our locks. I don't know what that lock is in your life. Maybe it's your appetite for God. Maybe it's fear or holiness. Maybe it's your worship. I don't know what lock has been cut out of your life. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's your desire to pray. Or just have fellowship with Him. Read your Bible. Or maybe it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So power can be stirred up on the inside of you so you're not just in and out, struggling. And I know enough about church life because I've been in it my whole life. My mom has done an amazing job keeping us kids in church. And I've been around it my whole life. But I know, I know, you can come into a church setting week after week, month after month, and live in compromise. Because a lock has been cut. And the anointing can't be released. Until covenant is restored. God said, Ezekiel, I looked. I looked at your priests. Can't use them because they've done violence to the law. They're not even preaching what I've said. I can't look to the princess. I can't look to your governors. Because they, they, they destroy lives for dishonest gain can't look to your prophets because they say things I never said. And I can't look at the people because they're just practicing injustice all over the city. So I need somebody that's righteous. I need somebody that's toeing the line. Somebody that says, I can believe God above this until everything in my neighborhood gets restored. So everything in my neighborhood begins to change. I don't know if we can do this song. I don't know if we got the right set. I speak Jesus. Can we do that? I know we were going in a different direction. But can we do that? You guys help us with that? Total, total key change. I'm sorry about that. Total key change. 
can, can I close it this way? I, I, I'm so torn in my heart right now because I've, I've got a better way to land this, but time ain't going to let me get there. But I want to close this right here while the worship team sings, I speak Jesus. Maybe there's some things in our lives that we need to re-secure the covenant with and say, God, would you do it one more time? Lord, would you just help me one more time? Will you just come through for me one more time? I just need you to show up one more time so Jesus can come and restore everything that the enemy has severed in my life. may not be for everybody, but I believe it's a lot of people. I believe it's a lot of people that can make that cry today. Make that prayer. So while they sing, will you just step out of your seat and just join me? We're just going to stand. We're going to worship this song, worship the Lord with this song, and we're going to ask God to fix it in our hearts. Come on, we're just going to ask him to do it right here. Come on, just begin to move out of your seats. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just act now. Do it while it's on you. Do it while it's on you. Just find, just find God in the middle of everything that's going on. Just find him. Just find him. Lift your hands and receive. That's all you got to do today. Just let him pour in the oil and the wine.
more time, God. One more time. Fix it one more time. Break it. Come on, there's an anointing that's about to come back into your life. You're about to get your vision back. Get your strength back. Just lift your hands, sense a breakthrough over your life. Come on, the fight, the fight, the fight, the fight is coming back. The fight is coming back. My vision, my vision, my vision, my strength, my anointing. Yes, it is. because your breakthrough is on you. One more time, God's going to do it for you. One more time, there's going to be. One more time, there's going to be the greatest miracle, the greatest outpouring, the greatest release, the greatest release in the name of Jesus. Come on, I need somebody out there to run up here behind these and breathe breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Come on, come on. One more time, God. One more time, God. One more time. 
one more time. Do it one more time. Do it, do it, do it, do it. One more time. Do it in my marriage. Do it in my children. Do it in my life. stays are ahead of you. The greater, the greater one lives on the inside of you. Come on, I feel that. Come on, I feel that. Come on, you're just praising. Break off the chains and throw your hands up. I'm going to raise my hand in victory. I'm going to raise my hand with a prophecy. I'm going to raise my hand with a promise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, 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 come on. Come on, come on. I feel that. Come on, you're about to get your sight back. You're about to get your hope back. You're about to get your future back. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. I've got an anointing to bring a house down. I've got an anointing to bring a stronghold down. Come on, Samson. It ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over.
is what happens as we get ready to go. When Samson prayed, and he said, do it, God, one more time, immediately the anointing was restored back to his life. And he brought the house of the enemy down. His last move was his greatest move. Can I just say this? This generation is marked for one more outpouring of the oil. It's marked. That's where we're going. That's where it's happening. Come on, bow your heads. Let me close. Father, people have stood and declared and proclaimed now. In this moment, God, would you do it in their life? One more time. One more time. Maybe you're in this building real quick while everybody has their head bowed and their eyes closed. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you did it one time, but you know now you are in a backslidden condition. And you know you got to get it right. You know you need to make it right. You're in this place, and there is a gap between you and God. You just got to be restored. You're in this place, and you say, you know what, preacher? I, wanna, I need to make that confession. I need to make Jesus the Lord over my life. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to be a part of this ministry. I'm asking you to have a relationship with him. You're in this place today. I don't know everybody in here, but you're in this place today, and you say, that's me. I got to get it right. On the count of three, I want you with every ounce of courage and boldness you got, throw your hand up before you get a chance to think about it. You know you got to make it right. Only two types of people in this room, those that are born again and those that are lost, those that are on their way to heaven and those that are not. On the count of three, you want to be sure that Jesus Christ, you can't get the oil flowing without him. You can't get breakthrough without him. So on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand for salvation. One, two, three. Throw it up there. Don't even think about it. Throw it up there. God bless you. I see you men right here. I see you boys. God bless you. Anybody anywhere else? Just going to scan the building right here. Anybody else? There's, there's, we got three young men right here. God bless you guys. Takes a lot of courage to do it right here. Anybody else? On the count of three. One, two, three. Do it again. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to make this prayer. You want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody put your attention on these three young men right here. These three guys right here. While you got your hands raised, I want you to repeat this prayer after me, okay? The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. From this moment on, this is a turning point in your life. And God is about to come inside your life and invade your life like never before. Everybody standing around you is fighting with you. We're for you. We're in this with you right here, right now. You're not alone. I know you may feel a little awkward, but you're not alone. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me. The whole church is going to say it together. But you got to believe it in your heart. And say it with your mouth, okay? Believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Say this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you just like I am. I come to you just like I am. And I'm asking you today. And I'm asking you today. To forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of every sin. I repent of every sin. And I'm asking you today. To forgive me. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. That cleanses me. That cleanses me. Of all my sins. And from this day forward, I choose to follow after you. I turn away from sin. I turn away from the devil. And I go after you. And I thank you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Let's just give God praise for everything that happens. Everything that happens. Everything that happens. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the breakthrough in people's hearts and lives, families, children, finances, in their mind, everything that was prayed for. Do it one more time, God, over their life. Lord, we thank you. For the three young men that just gave their life to Jesus Christ. We thank you. Please, let's don't let ever, ever let that get old. That's, that's the most powerful miracle that could ever take place on this side of heaven. Is somebody giving their heart to Jesus Christ. I pray that we don't get so Americanized that we just take it for granted. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Lord, I thank you for the people that stayed and pressed in with us, Lord, because you're breaking things. Lord, you're doing things in this house that only you can do. It's beyond intellect. 
It's beyond human wisdom, human ingenuity. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit today, Lord. We thank you. And we give you praise. We give you praise. Next Sunday is Easter. Find somebody you're hanging out with and bring them to church with you. Can you invite somebody? How many would just agree? I want to invite at least one person to church with me next Sunday. You'll do that. We'll fill the place. If we'll do the work, God will do the miracle. Amen. Love on somebody real good and tell them.